Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind, take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament passage of Exodus. The Old Testament passage of Exodus in chapter number 19. Exodus in chapter number 19. We're continuing to travel with Moses and the children of Israel as they begin their wilderness wanderings. God has already delivered them from Egypt by destroying all of their gods by the plagues. He has delivered Israel from Pharaoh and the threat of his army by the parting of the Red Sea and then crashing the Red Sea down upon Pharaoh. We watched as three days into it they began to complain and murmur that they didn't have enough food and God began to provide with them food as he rained down manna from heaven. Three months in, they begin to complain and murmur that they were, God brought them out to the wilderness so they could all die of thirst. And God provided them water by striking the rock and giving them this water and did these miracles. Now they have arrived and they have been at Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, which was always the goal of God. God is going to bring them into the promised land, but it was always with a pit stop of Mount Sinai. So that way God can directly speak to the people. And as God is speaking to the people or getting ready to deliver what we know now as the Ten Commandments and the law, that before that God is encouraging Moses to speak to the people to deliver them a message from God about how God sees these people. And so if you don't mind, look with me in the book of Exodus chapter number 19. The book of Exodus chapter number 19 and notice with me in verse number 1. Exodus 19 in verse 1, the Bible says this, And in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness and there Israel camp before the mount. And Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mount saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in verse number 4? Exodus 19 and verse number 4. Notice what God says, I bear you on eagles' wings. I bear you on eagles' wings. And with the Lord's help, we want to preach this message that God bears us on eagles' wings. God bears us on eagles' wings wings. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for the great privilege of being here to open up the Bible and to see how you see us, to see how you think of us, and to see what you're trying to do with us. 
I'm asking that you would just continue just to give us understanding from this passage. Let it be a great encouragement. Let it be to a help to someone who needs this message today to see how you're working, to see what you're doing, to see this is your method of bringing us to yourself. Again, with a message like this, this is fun and easy to preach. But at the same time, I don't want to preach it myself. I don't want it to be from my own heart, from my own ability. So the best I know how, I surrender myself to you now and ask that you fill me with your precious spirit and that you would preach this message through your precious word. Just use me as your instrument. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Moses has been used of God to deliver the people out of Egypt. Now, remember that when God is leading them (laughs) out of Egypt, God is not leading the people to a land. He's leading them to a person. The whole purpose was to bring those people to himself that they may know him. Why does God want us to be so close to him? Do you ever think about that? Why does God, as stinking, as rotten, as filthy and wicked as we are, why does God want us to be close to him? Well, notice in verse 5, it gives us a little bit of understanding. It says in verse 5, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Notice as God saw his people. He saw them as a peculiar treasure. Do you ever think about that? God sees you as a treasure. You know, sometimes people have a hard time. They think that nobody likes them. They think nobody loves them. They think of themselves unlovely. But do you know that God doesn't only love you? He likes you. Now, we all have people that we love, but we don't want to go on vacation with them. But God just doesn't love us. He likes us. In fact, he goes far above liking us. He sees us as a treasure. Do you know that you're a treasure to God? God treasures you. What a wonderful God. He treasures us. And not just a treasure, but notice the word peculiar. Now, somehow, this definition of peculiar is kind of morphed and changed. And so some people think that this idea of peculiar means that you're strange. Meaning that, well, nobody else loves you because you're kind of all goofy looking. And your eyes don't point the same direction. And your hair's head's all misshapen. And you're so unlovely, nobody. That's not what this word peculiar means. The word peculiar means solely belonging to. For example, if I drew a circle, and inside of a circle I put a dot, I would say that dot is peculiar to that circle, meaning that it wholly belongs to that circle. That dot is unique and special inside of that circle. It belongs wholly to it. God says, all the earth is mine, by the way. I made you, and I love you. I see you as a treasure. I want you for myself. I see you as a peculiar treasure. I see you as a treasure that I want all to myself. That's how God sees you. Now, you said, I don't think anybody's ever thought me as a treasure before. I've been a liability in a couple cases. But God thinks you're special. He loves you. He likes you. He wants you to be close to him. 
That's a great God. As a peculiar treasure. Now, all of this is for the purpose of God bringing you to himself. So we can see here the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? Verse number four. And you've seen what I've done to the Egyptians. How I bear you on eagle's wing. And brought you to myself. What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is that God wants to bring you to himself. God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. He wants to have a personal fellowship with you. That's the whole meaning. He wants you for himself. And with this, we could see the method of how he does this. The meaning of life is he wants you to himself. The method of how he does this in verse 4, I bear you on eagle's wings. I bear you on eagle's wings. Now with that, God brings this illustration back up a little bit later in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the word of God and turn with me to Deuteronomy 32. And this is where we're going to park at. Deuteronomy 32. So if you're in Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, and the next book is Numbers. After that is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 32, God is giving a running commentary on how he works with his people, on what he has done with the people, how the people have responded. Notice as he gives a summary of what's going on in verse number 20, Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 20. Notice this, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no God says, I'm watching the end of this. I am watching my people as instead of seeing me as a treasure, I see the end of what they're doing is that they're raising their kids in a way that they'll have no faith in me. That's horrible. But that's opposite of what God wants to do. We could see this commentary that he has, but that's not what God wants. What is God trying to do? Remember the whole Meaning of life, what God is trying to do is he's trying to bring us to himself. What is the method that he does it? We said that he bears us on eagle's wings. Notice as God describes this in Deuteronomy chapter 32. 32, and notice with me verse 11 and 12. This is where we're going to spend our time now. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them and beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. If you wouldn't mind, would you take two phrases, one found in each verse, and tie them together? Notice with me in verse 11. As an eagle, as an eagle, then notice the phrase in verse 12, so the Lord. And so as the eagle does these things, so the Lord also does these things. So tie those two phrases together. And with this, we can see what God is doing. What is the method that God is doing to bring us to himself? So the eagle, or as the eagle, so the Lord. So with this, let's see what the eagle is doing. And as the Lord does the same thing in ourselves. It says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest. Now we start off with this. As an eagle, so the Lord builds. As the eagle, so the Lord builds. 
Now, as people have studied eagles, they've noticed that eagles love to make nests in high places. They go to the mountains. They go to a cliff. They go somewhere very, very high. So that way they're protecting their young. And then the eagles go through a process of building their nest. They actually construct this nest in such a way that it's going to be sturdy and that it doesn't fall apart. They go and they get this piece and they get this straw and they weave it together and put a nest. Then what the eagles do is they take an animal skin or something soft and they actually line the nest with this soft fur, this pelt, something. And as they lay it there, so this is way they take the time to build the nest. And when the chicklets are born, they have a sturdy, constructed nest. Something that's soft, something that's protecting, something that's going to help them as they are hatched and as they begin to grow. Well, remember, as the eagle, so the Lord. So just like the eagle builds, so the Lord builds. Do you know that God's doing a building work in your life? He is building in your life. We know in the book of Philippians that in verse chapter 1 and verse 6 that it says that God is going to finish the work that he began in you against that day. He's going to continue to work in your life. He's going to continue to build. He's going to continue to do things in your life. That God does a building process. And he's constantly working in your life. He's constantly moving things about. He's constantly putting things together. We know that in Matthew chapter six, that, uh, 16 that Jesus says that he is going to build his house. We know that Jesus is building his, his house and he's putting it together. Jesus didn't say you are going to build my house or that I'm going to build your house. But Jesus said I will build my house. That's Jesus' responsibility. And we know in Psalm chapter um, 127, I believe, unless they, the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. God is doing a building work and he's trying to build you up. He's trying to construct you into something. He's trying to build his church that as the eagle, so the Lord builds and he's building something. He's trying to build us up. He's got a plan. But as the eagle, so the Lord. Notice this. As the eagle stirreth up her nest. So as the eagle, so the Lord breaks. So, so the Lord builds, but the Lord also breaks. So the, as the eagle, so the Lord breaks. Now as these little baby chicklets are born, they're hatched and they begin to develop. Now, they begin in a soft nest that's well-constructed, put together. They have this liner in there with an animal skin or felt something in there. And they're nice and they're protected. But something happens as they begin to grow up is that the mother eagle takes off that animal pelt and throws it away. She begins to disturb the nest. So now the nest is uncomfortable. And she stirs it up. She breaks it up. And so now little sticks are up. And, and the, the eaglets are looking around. And everything's uncomfortable. If you could hear that little eaglet voice. It's saying, what's going on? Everything was comfortable. Everything was nice. Why is things turning so wrong? Why is things so messed up? But do you know that it was the mother eagle that was doing it? Was she doing it because she hates her children? Was she doing it because she wants them to be uncomfortable? No, she understands that the eagle's destiny, their purpose is not in the nest. That eagles are born to fly. And so in order to prepare them to fly, 
She has to stir up the nest. To make it so that they want to leave the nest. So that way they're no longer living in comfort. But instead they're looking for something else. Do you know that God does a disturbing work in our life? In order to change the future, God must disturb the present. And some things happen in your life is not because God hates you. But in fact, it's the opposite. Because God loves you, he's making things uncomfortable. Because he loves you, he's taking away some of that softness. Because he loves you, he's disturbing up the nest. So that way there's spikes and it's just not comfortable and just something to it. Because he's preparing you to fly. He's preparing you for something else. He doesn't want you to be complacent. We all tend towards complacency. We're like electricity. We'll take the path of least resistance every time. We want it easy. We want it nice. We want it to be a type of thing where it's a luxury and ease. And let me tell you, if you are a Christian, you pick the wrong life. Because God never promised you a bed of roses. But instead, because he loves you, He's going to disturb the nest. He's going to make it uncomfortable. He's going to make it so that way you can prepare for what God has you to do. Now during those times we don't know what's going on. Why God? Why? You can see the little chicklets going. Why would you do that? What's going on? Why? We had it so nice in all of our existence. It was fine. But now things are going wrong. Is it mean? Did I do something wrong? And there was nothing wrong at all. But everything good. As the eagle. So the Lord. So as the eagle builds. So the Lord builds. As the eagle uh, breaks. So the Lord breaks. But notice as we go on. In verse 11. As the eagle stirreth up her nest. And fluttereth her young. And spread across the wings. Notice this fluttereth her young. What we see here. As the eagle broods. So the Lord. As the eagle, so the Lord broods. So what has happened is that this nice nest, this nice existence has now been broken up. It's no longer comfortable. Things are wrong. Things are messed up. Things won't get to be fixed. And it was nothing that they did wrong, but it was the mother eagle that stirred it up. But now what she does is as they're in the nest saying something's wrong... She fluttereth over her young. The mother eagle gets outside of the nest and she watches them and she flies right by the nest. And the purpose is now that everything's disrupted, now the baby chicklets are looking at mama. Now she has their attention. And once she has her attention, she is flying before them and they are watching her. They have their eyes on her And she's able to kind of instruct them. Do you know that God does a stirring work in our life? But he watches us. And the whole thing is he's finally trying to get us to have our eyes on him. And when we put our eyes on him. We're looking at him. He can instruct us. 
This mother eagle, she starts to flap her wings. She looks majestic. And the little chicklets inside of the nest, they begin to mimic her. They begin to try to flap their wings. And they begin to exercise their wings. She knows that their destiny is to fly. She's trying to teach them. So they're flapping their wings. They haven't flown yet, but they're flapping their wings. They're exercising it. They're getting it strong. They're preparing for what they have to do. And the mother eagle is just watching them and working with them and just observing this. Oh, what a wonderful God that we have. That God disrupts things in our life for our good. For his glory. And he's trying to get our attention on him. And as we look at him. He begins to instruct us. Because he knows he's got something better planned for us. Than just sitting here. And as we get, he gets our attention. He begins to instruct. We're not flying yet. But we're starting to learn. We're trying to exercise. We may not even understand what's going on. Those baby chicklets. They're just mimicking mama. They don't know what's going on. They're just saying. All right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm learning. I don't know what it's for yet. But I'm exercising. I'm trying to get this going. I'm doing. I'm mimicking mom. As they got their eyes on it. As we are getting our eyes on God. He's finally got our attention. Oh how hard it is for God to get our attention. We keep looking at everything, those chicklets for a while. We're looking at the nest and their attention's on the nest. Oh, my existence, everything's wrong. Everything's disrupted. Why? And God's trying to fly and say, look at me. No, why? Look at me. Why? Finally, they look up and they see that it's God that has a plan. And they start working and start learning. And they have their eyes on them. But notice this. As the eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her youngs, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them and beareth them on her wings. As the eagle, so the Lord bears. As the eagle, so the Lord bears. So what happens? The baby eagles have been watching mom for a while. They've been exercising. They know that this has all been a disrupted nest. And the mother eagle knows that there's something for it. Finally, one of them are going to step out. One of them is going to hop to the edge of the nest. They're flapping their wings. And they said, I'm going to be like mama. And they're going to step out. And they're going to fall. Now remember, eagles love to build their nest in high places. They love cliffs. They love mountains. The higher, the better. And as that little eaglet steps out, that little eaglet falls. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm falling. Help me. Mama, help me. And an amazing thing happens. As the chicklet begins to fall down. Flapping its wings. Squawking. The mother eagle comes down. Flies underneath. And catches that baby eaglet. On her wings. And then what she does as she soars high with that baby chicklet on the wing. And she soars and flies. And then what she does, tucks her wings in and allows that little chicklet to fall again. The chicklet's trying to flap its wings and fly the best they can. And as it falls down, the mama eagle will come down and catch him with the wings again and begin to soar and teach him what it is to fly. And the little chicklet's trying to mimic it. And eventually, that little eaglet will fly on its own. But every time it falls, the mama knows where it is 
and we'll catch it every time. An amazing thing out of all the history of studying eagles as people have watched it, there has never been a single account of an eaglet falling to its death. Every time the mama eagle soars down and catches that little eaglet. As the eagle, so the Lord. So as we've been watching, our eyes are on God, our nest is stirred up, we finally got our attention on Him. We try to mimic, we try to step out, and we step out and we fall. God, what are you doing? I did what I was supposed to do. Why? And God watches us, lets us fall a little bit, and then He'll soar and He'll catch us. And he says, all right, this is what it's like to trust in me. This is what to live by faith. And as we're flying, eventually he says, all right, here we go. Drops his wings and we fall again. God, I didn't do anything wrong. I've been trying to do everything right. I'm practicing everything. God, why? Falling and screaming, but it never left God's sight. He knew where it was all the whole time. Soars down, catches us once again. All for the purpose of teaching us how to fly. Teaching us that there was something more for us than just sitting in the nest. As the e- so the eagle, or as the eagle, so the Lord. God knows what he's doing. He's trying to work with us in a life of faith. Remember, this is the method. What is the purpose? God is trying to bring us to himself. How does God do it? As the eagle, so the Lord. As the eagle builds, as the eagle breaks, as the eagle broods, as the eagle bears, so the Lord. The Lord does all of these things for the purpose of bringing us to himself. And by the way, this is a method that's not done once. (laughs) this is what God is continually doing in our life over and over and over for the purpose of bringing us to himself. You are going to go through these stages. You're going to go through these things. You're going to go to a time where God has built something and you're thankful for him and it's comfortable and we want to stay here. But God doesn't want you just to stay there. He wants you to grow. And so he'll disrupt the nest. He'll make things awkward. And it's not because you did something wrong. But in fact it's because God wants something more for you. And he'll disrupt your place where you're at. He'll disrupt your spiritual life. He'll disrupt things and make it uncomfortable. And that you can't stay there no more. Until you finally get your eyes on him. And he'll instruct. He'll work with you. And then you'll step out and say "All right, God I've got this. And fall. And you haven't done anything wrong. You've done everything right. You've just gone to the next level. But God hasn't left his eyes off of you. And he'll catch you. And he'll teach you to fly. Until you've got it yourself. And then he'll do it all again. All for the purpose that he's trying to bring you to himself. You said that's a mean God. No that's a loving God. A loving God because he sees you as a peculiar treasure. You are valuable to him and you are worth this effort. He is working in your life. So many people get to the Christian life and things were going good. But all of a sudden we got some hard times. We got uncomfortable. 
I don't know. I don't think about doing this next step. It, it's too scary. I can't do it. God says, I've got you. And he'll disrupt the nest more. He'll disrupt it until finally you have no choice but to go. He doesn't want you to be comfortable. He wants you to soar. You said, I don't want it. I want the comfort. I'm sorry, but God wants more for you. He'll make things uncomfortable. And it's because he's a good God. An unloving God. Until you finally get your eyes on him. And says, all right, God, let's try this. And you'll step out. And you said, all I did was step out by faith. Why is things getting worse? Because God's watching you. He's got a plan. He's teaching you to fly. As the eagle, so the Lord. This is the method that God uses over and over to bring you to himself. Because he sees you as valuable. He sees you as a peculiar treasure. God always works. He's always seeing. He knows what he's doing. As long as you allow him to be God. What we have here is an encouraging message. We have in two different passages. As God is explaining to the people of Israel. How God has worked with them right now. How God has brought them to himself. What is the method of him doing it? He said as the God beareth them. On eagle's wings. As an eagle. So the Lord. This is an encouragement to you. That first of all. You are a peculiar treasure to God. God sees you as something special. He sees you as something valuable. He sees you as something precious. He doesn't just love you. He likes you. And his purpose is he wants you to be close to him. That's the purpose of life. That's the whole meaning of life is for you to be close to God. In order for that to happen, God gives us the illustration of the eagle. That there are going to be times in your life that you are stepping forward. You're trying to do everything you're supposed to. And then God makes things uncomfortable. It doesn't mean things are wrong. In fact, it means that things are good. Things make, God's making it uncomfortable for you because he doesn't want you to stay where you are. Oh, when people start stepping out by faith. When people say, oh, I don't know about this soul winning thing. God says, I'm going to make things uncomfortable for you until you get your eyes on me. And I want you to learn to step out by faith, even though you're scared to death. Imagine that eaglet stepping out by faith the first time. Mama, I got this. God says, I've got you the whole time. I've got you. I've got a plan for you. Every time a Christian is ready to step to the next level, to the next thing, this process grows. He'll disrupt things until you have no choice but to step out. Keep your eyes on him, but he'll catch you every time. What we see here is a wonderful God who loves you. And so much that he told us what he's doing in your life to bring you to himself. Maybe there's someone tonight, this morning, that says, you know what, I've been uncomfortable and I've been thinking that God's been wrong, that God has been right, but I realize that God's been loving me by making things uncomfortable. Maybe you just need to say, God, help me to keep my eyes on you. Maybe you're at the place where you said, I feel like I'm falling. God, keep catching me, catch me. Maybe you just need to go to God and say, God, I'm trusting you to catch me. Maybe there's just some of you that says, I need to trust God with this whole process. 
God, I'm going to allow you to do what you see is right. I know that everything that you do is good and everything that you do is right. I can trust you. Maybe some of you have never realized that the meaning of life is for you to be close to God. Do you know that you can be close to God? Unfortunately, there's a barrier, and that's called sin. The Bible says in the Ten Commandments, which is given in the next chapter of Leviticus, chapter number 20, it says that thou shall not bear false witness, not to tell lies. If we've told a lie, we've sinned. And that's a barrier that pushes us away from God. The Bible says to honor thy father and thy mother. If we've ever disobeyed our folks, we've sinned and we put a barrier between us and God. And that sin has pushed us away. The whole reason why God created us in the first place, created man in the first place, was for fellowship. But sin broke that fellowship. But God loved us so much, He wanted to restore that fellowship, and that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to forgive us of our sins, so there was no barrier between us and God. Why? Because God sees you as a peculiar treasure. You know there's another application that we could get here. By the way, if you don't know for sure that your sins are forgiven, it'd be my great privilege to take the Bible and to show you from the Bible without a doubt how you can know that your sins are forgiven and you can have a personal relationship with God. But there's another application I want to give. There are many people today that see themselves as horrible. They don't like themselves. They look in the mirror and they said, I don't like you. And they said, how can someone else like me if I don't like me? Let me tell you, God sees you as a treasure. You may feel like no one else in the world likes you or loves you, but let me tell you that God does. He loves you. And He sees you as something special. And what God wants from you, because you are special to Him, is He wants you to be close to to him. I meet people all the time who have this idea in their mind that they're worthless and that they don't amount to anything. I want to remind you that to God you are a peculiar treasure. You are special to him and there's nothing more that God wants from your life than for you to be close to him because he likes you. Because he loves you. Because he wants to. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you could give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.